enjoyed that you said, you know, you can uh, voice opinions and talk about it. And in my head, I was like, argue, <laughs> argue. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Scattered. We're a group of friends from the same church who are serving God in different countries. And we're meeting online to chat through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter. We'd love you to join us. Hi everybody, welcome to Scattered. We've got a full team this morning. Helen's recovered from COVID and is back with us um, from... Sorry, um, sorry, pardon. She's recovered from what? Do you mean COVID? (laughs) Mary's promised to be the devil's advocate in this episode, so I'm looking forward to trying to chair that. (laughs) Thank you, Mary. Um, Yeah, so we are looking today at chapter three of Colossians from verse 18 to chapter four, verse one. We are doing a slightly smaller passage than the St. Clement's studies suggested because there's quite a lot of controversy in this passage. So we thought we'd give ourselves time to really um, iron it out. Um, a summary of Colossians to, up to this point would be Paul's really concerned for the church in Colossae because there's been some false teaching. And the first half of the letter, he really encourages people to hold on to Christ and not let anything else distract them from Jesus. And then we've just moved into chapter three to more practical application of that. And chapter three up to this point has been lots of um, advice about putting on and taking off different things, which has all been focused on the unity of the church and the body. And this section today, we transition into what it looks like to be in Christ in our um, household relationships. So we're looking at um, marriage and parenting. The one thing I wanted to share before we started, which made like helped me realise this was very controversial, was in my Bible study group when we started Colossians, we read the whole book through the week before we started to study it. And when we got to this section, there is a lovely lady in my group who's quite new um, to church, and she almost left the room at this point because she just couldn't believe that we were looking at this passage. So that sort of raised my awareness of how difficult this this passage can be for people. And so I am keen that we talk about this really well, but that we understand that this is hard and not very palatable for lots of people. Um, So ladies, my first question would be, what is the primary relationship that Paul's concerned with in this passage? And how does that help us with the controversial nature? I think, um, I mean, it is throughout the passage, but also if you look at chapter three, verse 17, um, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then throughout the passage that we're looking at today, it talks about things being fitting in the Lord, working as if you are working, you have a master in heaven. Verse 24, it says you are serving the Lord Christ. So really, the primary relationship that Paul is worried about here is um, individuals' relationship with God and how they are appropriately serving him in light of everything else that he's been talking about in the letter. Yeah, it's helpful, isn't it, that we've just had all the stuff that Paul has written. I mean, if Paul wrote this letter like, hi, Colossians, wives submit to your husbands like that would be super hard wouldn't it but yeah I think we are meant to look at it in the light of everything else that he's written and what we were talking about last week like clothing ourselves in kindness and humility and gentleness okay well let's look at these two verses then 18 and 19 and I'd love us 
yes, I want us to think about this theologically and what the other parts of the Bible, how that helps us with this. But I'd also love us to talk personally about our journey with those verses. And um, we're all pretty strong women. We're all wives. How have we come to accept this? Do we accept this? And along our journeys, are there other encouragements that we can give to people that this is actually good for female flourishing rather than being oppressive? It's funny, isn't it? Because when you get married, you right from the beginning have to deal with this question of submission, don't you? Because I feel like when you choose your vows, it's, you know, in there to obey your husband or submit to your husband. So it's definitely something that everyone has to kind of chew through. I just naturally rebel against any kind of authority. So it was, (laughs) so it has. You heard it here first, people. (laughs) (laughs) So it has been a struggle for me. And also I think just in the light of, because this word submit or submission, I think we are so influenced by our culture, aren't we? And so when we hear it thrown around in our culture, often it's a negative thing. It's something where, you know, there is a, there is a superiority and an inferiority in that relationship. And, you know, for example, in this verse 18, okay, so the husband is superior to the wife and better than the wife, and he can tell her what to do. Um, I feel like it's really hard in our culture as Christians to really try and grapple with this word submit, like the actual word submit um, comes from the Latin to, to put yourself under. So it's kind of putting yourself under somebody else's authority. I found it helpful what we were talking about last week with meekness and how Jesus was meek and that wasn't a bad thing. I guess in my marriage, I found it helpful to see it actually as a strength, as a decision of mine rather than something that I, because it's very clear, isn't it? Paul doesn't say, husbands, make your wives submit. It doesn't say that. It says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband as is fitting in the Lord. So there's an overarching kind of fitting in the Lord here. And then there's a, it's a decision of the wives rather than something that the husbands make them do. And that's been helpful for me in, in my marriage to, 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 I want to walk with this. I want to do this well, but it doesn't mean that Dave is better than me. It doesn't mean that we are not equal. We are equal in Christ. And therefore it must be a way for us to have peace in our marriage. It must be a way for us to live as God's chosen people because the Bible's clear, isn't it? He, God created Adam first and then Eve as his helper. So there are different roles within a marriage, but then that doesn't make us not equal. What do you guys think? Yeah, so I think it's really helpful that um, Paul first addresses wives um, and that really reinforces the fact that this is not a a value or a worth marker, um, that it's, yeah, this role rather than um, something being better. Because I think everyone, all cultures assume that the one with the more power or the one with more authority is the one that is of more worth. And that's very clearly seen in the country we're in at the moment. Whoever has more power is better. But here, um, Paul says wives and then husbands, children and then parents um, or fathers, and slaves and then masters. I think that's a very helpful way to see 
that um yeah the worth is not in the power that you have for me I think the the different but equal thing has been really um helpful in helping me wrestle with this uh because like Mary I am naturally not very submissive um but this idea of submitting and allowing somebody to have authority over you I read that it could be um translated as uh, to be under rank and this idea of um the army or the team was really helpful for me because privates or you know newcomers to the army can be smarter and more talented and a better person than a general but they still have to submit to that person submit to that general as a general even not as a person they they you know the people at the lower end of the army submit to that that general because he's a general a wife doesn't submit to her husband because he deserves it but she submits to him because he is her husband and it honors god's word god's word and his view and order of authority and so for me that was so freeing to recognize that i don't have to agree with everything that my husband decides or leads us towards and i wrestle with that when i don't necessarily agree 100% with it actually i'm not submitting to him as a person i'm submitting to the lord and the god-given order um that was established in creation you know this isn't just something that god kind of went oh okay uh this is how it's going to be this isn't a modern day thing this is something that was set in creation and i would say that it helps my heart remain happy and i find joy in submission even when it's difficult because i know i am serving god in the way that he would want and i guess i find that helpful helen doesn't it that our confidence is in god and not in our husbands our husbands will make mistakes they will choose things that might turn out to have been a bad choice but those scriptures that tell us that we can be confident that God works all things for good that's been really helpful for me in my marriage that yeah me choosing to let him lead is good for my heart even when it proves or turns out to be not the best decision and God's bigger than that isn't he and can work that for good I think we need to discuss this though in a context of historically people or potentially men reading this verse and it being part of some kind of abuse of a wife or a woman like I think the hard thing in all of this isn't it that yeah like we were saying our husbands aren't perfect um, and there are many husbands out there that make really hard and terrible decisions for their families and for their wives um you know in what context should a wife not submit would you say I guess it helps that you know we have a a greater one that we are submitting to um we are submitting to the Lord God and um so I guess in in ways in which we can see through scripture where uh, there is abuse of power or ways in which, um, yeah, you're meant to seek um, 
justice or people to protect you do you mean that like if your husband is doing something that's not in line with scripture and not in line of god or or what god would want anything in which your husband is leading you or your family into direct sin into sin um is the way i would put it and um so if he's asking you to do something that the Lord would not want you to do. If he's asking you, I would say things like if he's asking you to outright lie to someone to cover something up, you know, um, if he's asking you to ignore someone, you know, just, I mean, they sound like petty things, but I would say that these things do come up. But then if we're talking about more severe things, if your husband is doing anything illegal um or has done anything illegal I think you should not be submitting in those cases it's helpful isn't it that the second half of verse 18 is as is fitting to the Lord and so we've Mm -hmm. seen in the verses previously what the Lord wants us to put on as his dearly loved people and so that still is our primary responsibility isn't it yeah like if your husband is hitting you or if your husband is neglecting your children or things like that we're saying that submitting to that is not biblical um yeah you know our duty to our children and our duty to ourselves um is to protect ourselves and our children from these things yeah I just think historically and probably even now I was listening to have you heard of the podcast about Mars Hill. They didn't protect their women from husbands who were not acting rightly. And I think the church has a responsibility to teach its women and its men well on this and to help the women to see when things are not okay. I feel like in that context, the women were not helped um, and I think actually suffered more abuse because of what the the church was silent on and churches shouldn't be silent on these things it's awkward but you know we shouldn't be silent on it I was really struck by the comment of um I just the instruction for husbands that the the word for husbands was husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them like it's that's quite a a challenging thing for for them to to do isn't it and that I think on something I read said that's incredibly radical in the ancient world that mm. Paul was writing to, that the command to husbands is to love your wives because that was not normal. So actually, I would say quite countercultural even today. You know, like the the typical if you listen to people talk about their marriages in the day to day, they'll say, you know, there'll be a husband be like, oh, my wife was nagging me. Oh, you know, the old ball and chain. Oh. Or wives talking about how husbands never do this for me, never do that for me. You almost never hear people speak positively about their marriages. So actually, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, submission. Everyone knows that about the women because culturally and historically has been seized upon as women should be submissive. When actually everyone chooses to ignore verse 19, which is men, you are to reflect the unconditional love of Christ in relation to your wife. You know, you are supposed to sacrifice a lot <laughs> yourself um, to ensure the safety and well-being of your wife. We've talked a little bit about how um, verse 18 and 19 works in Christian marriages. What about those who are married to non-Christians? How would we speak? How would 
how would these verses speak to women who are married to non-Christian men, for example? Yeah, or just a woman whose husband, yeah, is, you know, a, a Christian, but potentially, yeah, not not following what is right. There's a there's a bit in um, Corinthians about this, isn't there? About winning him over to the Lord or something. I feel like is it, Jill is, is it Corinthians? I think it might be one Peter. I don't have it at my fingertips. Yeah, it's one. Isn't it one Peter three? I think so. Yeah, Russell, Russell. Oh yes. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, mm. when they see your respectful and pure conduct. That is one Peter three verses one and two. Yeah, I guess there is. It's kind of a so it's so challenging, isn't it? Because if yeah, just day by day living well in front of your husband who yeah doesn't love Jesus that must be so hard but I guess there's a freedom isn't there in that you're living to the Lord and so your submission Mm. to him is an ultimate because you're living for the Lord and I'm sure there's so many beautiful (laughs) stories out there of husbands who have you know strayed or got addicted to stuff and stuff like that and patient prayerful wives who've won them back I bet there's so many stories like that I was just gonna ask how you guys like practically do this because I'm quite a strong Mm. woman as well (laughs) and really (laughs) we have two doctors on this podcast I think that's worth putting out there (laughs) (laughs) and like I was just thinking about what this looks like because I don't think it means that you're not a servant or you're not in bondage to someone that's that's not that kind of authority um or leader and follower relationship I think um you can voice concerns opinions and like talk about things Mm. and if your husband loves you they will ask you um different things when making big decisions I was just wondering like how you guys do this um apart from like you know trying to support and encourage your husband but I don't know if there's practical ways in which you do this because I I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that you said you know you can uh, voice opinions and talk about it and in my head I was like argue (laughs) argue Um, I am my the night before I got married my mum said something really helpful to me because she said course you you talk it through don't you and he wants to know your opinion and you discuss all that but the actual point of submission comes where you if you can't agree um I would say 95% of the time through those arguments slash discussions we would come to a joint decision where that we're both happy with but very occasionally there have been times where we don't agree and at that point I and the, my, the helpful thing my mum said was it doesn't feel good in the moment don't go into this with a rose-tinted view of submission is such a joy because she said after you've had those really heated discussions and debates it's a really hard thing to say but I'm going to support your decision, even though it's disagree. It, it's not what I would choose, but mm. I, it was just helpful to think. Okay, that's the process, and with grace, I'm going to choose to meekly, you know, going back to what we talked about last week, allow my husband to make that final call. 
I have some practical examples, if you like, from my marriage. So, <clears throat> for example, we were living in a part of the country that we were in to study language. And after that, it became obvious that we were going to move to another part of the country that was very different and quite um, conservative and a much more difficult place to live. And I did not want to move. I had um, a lot of anxiety about it. I was just angry. I ugly cried. Um, my husband started feeling as well like God was asking us to go there. And I was just like so cross at everybody. Um, and we went to a we went for a visit to the place. Um, and it was it was a hard visit. I struggled. Again, a lot of my difficulty in making decisions comes from my anxiety. So I struggled with a lot of anxiety. Um, and then uh, I remember I rang you actually, Jill, and I was telling you all the things, all the reasons why we shouldn't move there. It was, I was crying and everything. And I remember you said to me, Mary, do you trust Dave? And I was like, yeah. And then you basically said, well, if you trust him, then you need to let him make this decision. And you need to, you didn't say, oh, you need to submit to him. But for, it was kind of a gentle way of saying, if you trust him, then you can do this with him. He has your best interests at heart. And for me, like that move was really hard. Like I decided that it was the right thing to do. And the move was really hard. But looking back, it was the right thing. And it was the right thing to trust Dave. Um, and I and that like for us in our marriage, that's often what, what it's come to. Like, do I, do I trust Dave for this decision? Or and do I trust God who's above Dave? Um, cause obviously he's not perfect, but do I trust a God who also holds both of us and holds our future? Like other things, when we were deciding whether or not to baptize our kids, again, we disagreed and I still am not comfortable with it, but again, I, I trust him and I trust that he thought it through well. And yeah, for us, it often comes down to that. Thanks Mary. Those are helpful illustrations yeah, I feel like my helpful. advice was poor I feel like I should have said do you trust God not do you trust Dave but I'm glad it worked out well <laughs> well no that was really helpful because I felt like God in that moment wasn't being super clear I mean he was in some ways um but for me just being challenged to do you trust your husband the thing that those really that really helpful example made me think about is the fact that when people think of submission they often think about oh the woman being made to do all the cooking and cleaning and the man just sitting around and the woman making a cup of tea and you know and just this is what they think of as submission when I think of submission and the way that the bible usually talks about submission it's much more fundamental than that it's it's like you know I it's much more about how you relate to each other. It's much more about God than it is about making cups of tea. And, mm. um, and so, you know, submission is not agreeing all the time. That's just agreement. <laughs> That's mm. just, you know, getting your own way in agreement. Whereas submission is going along with the person in authority, even when you disagree with them, Mm. And then being genuine about your support in them. Because I think my temptation is frequently to submit to my husband in big decisions and then turn around and talk to my friends and grumble about it. Mm. Or if the thing doesn't work out, going, I told him, I told him that, 
and that is not that is not <laughs> that is not voluntary submission that's pride and waiting for the the worst to happen so that then I can feel better about myself and worse about them thanks for that yeah. confession my friend that's good public confession I read something on Crossway which said that true submission means that after an open sharing of thinking and feelings with prayer, if there's still a disagreement, a wife yields to her husband's authority and seeks to help him in his responsibility to lead under God. And I think that's important, isn't it? Like we seek to help them in that decision that they've made, even when we don't necessarily agree with it. Because ultimately, yeah, we won't always agree. agree. Yeah. Um, Ladies, I just want to share a story about... 15 years into my marriage so a couple of years ago I had such an encouragement so you know we talked about you've got to make a call on this right at the point of your wedding and what you say in your vows so at this point I'm working as a social worker in a busy social work office my entire social work team came to my wedding and let me tell you they had strong views about me saying I would obey my husband, in, in that one particular girl was like, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to walk out, I'm going to object. So they didn't do that, but these were the sort of conversations we were having in the run-up to the wedding, because for a social worker, it's not the thing to do, isn't to say you're going to obey your husband. So one of these social workers I'm still really good friends with, she doesn't live near me anymore, but... Um, maybe two years ago, she came to visit and she came to stay with us. And she'd been really critical of this whole view of this is the way a marriage works. And she came to stay for the weekend and we, she was having a hard time. We were, we'd put the kids to bed. We were just chatting on the sofa and she really wanted some fags. She was out of cigarettes. Paul came into the lounge and said, do you want me to go and get you some fags from Morrison's? And she was like, would you? And he was like, yeah, sure. Off he went to get her her fags. The next day, she reflected to me, oh, my word, you, you love each other in a way that I just don't see anywhere else. You know, and the whole way that that submission goes along with a love that's prepared to go out on a wet night and buy fags for your friends, your wife's friend even. Now, he's not perfect. We all know that. But she reflected that her marriage was quite dysfunctional. You know, they both were very committed to their own agendas and that was very is very modern isn't it and very um liberated but actually there's very little give and so there's very little love and the outplaying of our modern agenda for individual self-fulfillment is misery in marriage and it was really gracious of her and humble 15 years on to say I'm really sorry I gave you such a hard time I see now in Mm. this home what a beautiful thing it can be. Of course, there's stress and it's difficult at times, but it was so kind of her as a non-Christian to look in and say, I see that God's wisdom has got wisdom that the world doesn't have. Mm. And it's just encouraging, isn't it, to hear that from unbelievers at times. A helpful thing I, I also read was that, you know, this is a providential ordering of authority from God and that without that, or if you take away those different orders, often another authority will fill that place. And so I think, yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes, yeah, sometimes that's mm-hmm. not good. Yeah, and I would say, like, as 
as a wife who has decided to submit in various things, I honestly do not feel suppressed. I feel loved. I feel heard. Yeah, I have a godly, kind husband who has Jesus as his head. And so that, you know, that really helps and that's ideal. But I feel like for, you know, verse 19, husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. That in itself is a submission in a way. Like I know it's not a kind of submission in the same way, but if he truly loves, if a husband truly loves and like Jesus, um, which is if you look at Ephesians, which is the context of submission there, like then the wife will feel heard and will feel loved and won't feel suppressed because he is really trying to do what's best for her. And yeah, sometimes I just don't see it. Sometimes I really just don't see it. And in the heat of things, it's quite hard to see it, isn't it? But putting the the needs of your wife before your own, you know, it's the whole like, I was talking with Dave about it and he said it reflects Jesus being the lion and the lamb. So, you know, our husband's need to be lion-like in their strength and their leadership, but also lamb-like in their humility and gentleness with their wives and their love of their wives. And there's a kind of coming together of those things that they need to have in their leadership in order for us as wives to, you know, submit freely. I feel freed by submission sometimes because it takes the decision off my hands, (laughs) to be honest, especially as I know I'm so often swung by fear Um, and anxiety it's so helpful for me to say okay Dave I'm going to let you make this decision because I I can't see clearly yeah it's fascinating isn't it how there is a a freedom in trusting a higher authority than yourself and ultimately like that's our husbands in a small way but ultimately that's the Lord isn't it now I guess ideally we'd have loved to talk about how this plays out in parenting and how this plays out in slaves and masters but Time's escaped us, I think. But I think those principles of freedom as we submit ourselves to the Lord play out in all those different arenas. And we did talk about slaves and masters when we looked at Philemon. So if you want to think about that a bit more, I would really encourage you to look at that. Um, mm. Ladies, anything that you're burning to say that before we go? Helen, Hermione. I just wanted to, um, we've talked, I mean, we have briefly hit upon verse 19, haven't we? But what I really wanted to hammer home was husband, love your wives. When it talks about that, it's not talking about a romantic love. It's not saying bring flowers home every day um, and that kind of thing. Although that's nice. I would say that's <laughs> lost on me. Sorry. <laughs> Don't buy flowers for her, anybody. She won't no. appreciate them. They die. I did, I did famously a couple of weeks ago cry when uh, Paul Shepherd helped with the laundry because I was so overwhelmed by how lovely that was. So you can tell what a practical person I am. <laughs> acts oh, of service, service, not gifts. I like, I like yeah, acts of service, not gifts. Dishes. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway. Dishes. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> uh, my but the whole thing is like the word love in in the original Greek is agape, which is, you know, this sacrificial giving, absorbing love. It, it doesn't have much to do with emotion, which is just as well for my, in my part, um, but a lot to do. <laughs> wow. It's just a lot. Anti-emotion, Hermione. Repress, repress. 
Anyway, but it's got. Can I just say we are not advocating that view on this podcast. We're all working <laughs> through our issues, and that would be it's Helen. Very bad for me, and thankfully, I have a loving community of friends who are willing to challenge me on that. Anyway, but this agape love has so much to do with self denial for the sake of another that's you know that thing Mary that you were talking about about Jesus this love that you know the way that the husbands have to sort of reflect Jesus that lion and lamb thing you know this agape love is supposed to love um it's supposed to be an unchanging love no expectation of repayment um you know great enough that it's given to the unlovable and the unappealing and it loves even when it's rejected you know that's what Mm. husbands do and in the same, you know, we're, people get angry about this submit to your wives, submit to your husband's bit. But also husbands are also called to love their wives, even if their wives are behaving in a way that is unlovable. And we need mm. to remember, it's not just husbands who are difficult and can be abusive. <laughs> mm. It is the other way around as well. And husbands are called to love our, their wives, even in those scenarios as well. Mm. Yeah, that's helpful. Um guys thanks for listening thanks for bearing with us in our quite um fast-paced discussion around this but yeah really lovely to be with you and we will see you next week for the last episode in the colossian series bye everyone bye, bye. bye.